T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, welcome back. It's Beamer in for Bowerly here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Happy Thursday. Thank you so much for spending some of your day with me. Before we get back to talk about the Murdoch trial and other things, I have to say, you know, spring training's in full effect. You know I'm a huge baseball fan. I love turning on SNY, ESPN, MLB Network, and just seeing these teams out in the sun, having fun, playing baseball. I'm no fan of the pitch clock. And I know that's a discussion I need to bring to GR and not on WBEN. But I'm not a fan of the pitch clock. Uh, I, again, maybe I'll get used to it. I, I'm not, you know, not one of these people. Oh, it's got to be played the same way. Um, but I don't know. It just it seems a little hurried to me. Uh, but let's see three weeks after spring training where we are. But I do always like to see the uh, players having fun in the sun in spring training. We've been talking about the Alex Murdaugh trial, uh, and I'd like to hear from you at 803-0930, star 930. If you're on hold, hang on for just a few more seconds because they are throwing it to the jury. And I'm not going to stay with this, Josh, but let's just pot it up for a few seconds just to hear what's going on as the judge is handing the case to the jury for deliberations. And material matter in which the witness claims to be an expert, and may also state the so reasons. So that's just for thank you, Josh. Opinion. So that that's just the judge saying, you know, hey, this is what you've agreed to. These are what you heard. Really, just going over all the rules and what you can and can't use. I misspoke last hour, and I hate doing that. There were seventy-five witnesses and eight hundred pieces of evidence. 550 of those belong to the prosecution. So I just wanted to make sure that I cleared up something I said because I don't like being wrong. But I was, and I'll admit to it. 803-0930, star 930. This Murdoch trial, if you're just joining us, I broke it down in the last hour. Uh, there have been documentaries. Obviously, the trial's still going on. Day 26, as the jury is about to be handed this at 311 on Thursday. And, you know, who knows? If it's going to be a hung jury, they're probably going to deliberate for a long time. Uh, so we will see uh, what happens once the jury gets this case. I'm asking you, are you following this? Your thoughts on the trial? Do you think he's guilty? Do you think he'll be found guilty? Again, those could be two completely things. Like I said, from what I'm watching, I would tend to say, yeah, he's probably guilty. However, do I think he'd be found guilty? And do I think I could 100% in that jury room say he was guilty? Two completely different things. Um, and you know what? Something I didn't ask you because we were talking about this obsession with courtroom TV and uh, true crime documentaries. I- I'd like your comments on those. But tell us about your time on a jury. You know, I served on a jury. It went all the way to uh, 
Uh, I was juror number three. All the way to uh, the final, we found um, the defendant not guilty on most charges because the prosecution didn't didn't prove it. They didn't really put, you know, they put a few, you know, a few things into evidence, as I mentioned. We had to go through. We had to hear some testimony back. Um, but it, it, they didn't prove the case. And we, um, we found guilty on two things that were so clear. Uh, but the other things we didn't think were connected. The county also had uh, the, the, main, the main witness changed his story three times before the case. So that also weighed on me. Now, again, that plays into something we're seeing here in the Murdoch trial where he changed his story on the stand after lying for two years. 803 star 930, what do you think? <laughs> Melody is in Amherst. Melody, what's your thoughts on the uh, Murdoch trial? Well, first of all, I have uh, I, I do think that he's guilty in some way. I, I mean, there was two guns, number one. I, I think that maybe he had uh, his drug dealer who, you know, he, he paid to try and, you know, murder him. I think that maybe something like that went on. But I have watched both documentaries. There's one on Netflix. There's one on Hulu. And, of course, I have been, um, you know, intermittently catching up on, like, court TV and watching it. My big concern is it's very clear that the police department has been sweeping things under the rug. And I imagine that the stuff that we're seeing on the documentaries is probably so much more than just those things. Like, are they going to have a federal investigation into this police department? I mean, they also, I, I can see this being a mistrial because they screwed up, like, they didn't do gunshot residue. They didn't, uh, you know, lock off the crime scene. Um, same thing with the boat, you know, with the boat accidents. Like, they just let the family come and take the boat. Nobody yes. had, you know, you know what I mean? So there should be a federal investigation into this police department, I think. I think the boat thing is is so damning on that department because, like you said, they let the family on the other side of the crime tape to retrieve the boat and just other things that they were able to get away with. And speaking of Paul Murdaugh, who, you know, is, is, was murdered, but his case had just hung, hung around for two years. It looked like he was going to, um, you know, he got special privileges in that trial, being able to take his mugshot in his court clothes in the courtroom. I think a lot of things exposed will also be investigated. Like you said, in those documentaries, once this trial's over. Yeah, I, I hope so. And also, uh, serving on a jury, you know, I have gone into jury duty, and my number's been called several times. I have never been selected. And I'm, like, one of those weird people that, like, I call, and I'm like, hey, you don't have to wait another seven years. I, I'd be glad to serve on a jury. <laughs> Let me tell you, you know, Melody, it's so funny. I felt that way, and then I served on a jury, and I'm good. Like, I have my story. I don't know if I want to do it again. Oh, really? I mean, it depends on the type of the type of trial, too, I guess. I, I, yeah, I mean, I will say this: Erie County uh, provided a great lunch every day. I will, I will applaud the county for that. Nice, Melody. I appreciate the call. Yep, Melody and Amherst, and she's right. I, I am, I am an awful storyteller. She is, she's right. There's also after the murders, right? In I believe September of 2021, uh, Alex Murdaugh tried to get someone to shoot him on the side of the road, and then called the police. As if someone was shoot, shot him while he was changing a tire. That's another part of this story that that's suspicious. Why does this guy want to frame someone else for shooting him? Maybe to make it look like that guy is who shot his wife and kid. It's just a lot of stuff. And again, it goes back to lying. You know, my, I, my parents always told me growing up, lying will get you nowhere, right? And believe me, I, I, I we've all lied. We've all lied. And, you know, it's, it's not good. But this guy repeatedly lied 
after his son and wife were murdered. Again, to me, and, and I know beyond a reasonable doubt, but to me that is why are you lying so many times? Why did you have someone frame you? Or, or frame? And again, maybe the guy did just want to be put out of his misery and then had a change of heart. I don't know. But that's another suspicious thing, right? He paid this guy, he, he was going to get this guy to shoot him. He said because he wanted to end his life and he wanted his son to get his insurance policy. Again, maybe that's true. But with everything else we've seen, it's just a little suspicious. Uh, let's go to Karen in Tonawanda. Hey, Karen. Hi, how are you? Doing well, Karen. What do you think of the Murdoch trial? Um, I, I think he, I think he's 100% guilty. All the, uh, the, the, especially the thing with the, the wife's cell phone, where his voice was heard on it supposedly after she was shot, and how the cell phone moved so many, so many steps after she was dead. You know that right there, he's on the scene. Why is why is he moving her cell phone? And there, there's just so much other evidence in all these other cases that you know leads you to think that this guy is covering, trying to cover him, cover himself up, get himself clear. And the evidence all does point to him. You know, when like you said, when you lie that often to try to cover things up, and when you've been doing this forever, and I heard there's a rumor his wife was about to divorce him, which uh, and take more of his money, and that was what's important to him. I honestly think that, from everything I've been watching, that he did kill them. Now, Karen, if you were sitting in that courtroom on that jury, would you 100% feel the same way? Yes. I Yes, I would. All right. Yeah, I, 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 under, hey, Karen, I appreciate the call. And, you know, that's another thing that his wife and he were having trouble. She had discovered the money that he um, had been stealing from his clients. Yeah, I, I think Karen's right. Let me let me just say that again. I There's a lot of suspicious. But for me, it just goes back to lying and lying about being there. Again, I'm not addicted. I don't know. I don't know what it's like to be addicted to something. But I think that's a, in my opinion, that's a weak excuse to say it was because you had pills in your pocket that you continuously lied or you didn't trust the investigator because you confused him with someone else. And you know what? Yeah, here outside the jury room, it feels uh, it feels easy to say he's guilty. I just don't know. Again, his testimony was good. But again, he's an attorney. And, and I, would, I would like to know, and maybe we can get uh, someone on after the news, because I'd like to know... I, that prosecutor came across as not likable. Is it just me? The prosecutor came across as not likable, and I wonder how that plays into the jury as well. But it, it, it's, a, it's a very interesting case. But, it, I mean, again, I always give benefit of the doubt when someone says, oh, this isn't what they usually do. As I said in the first hour, I do weird stuff all the time, Right. There are numerous times my wife will ask me, why did you, you know, do this this way or this that way? And I, I go, I don't know. I just felt like doing that today. You know what I mean? I mean, we, we all do weird stuff. There are times where I will take a completely different route to work at four in the morning. Why? I don't know. Some days I like to take North Forest. Other days I like to take Evans. You know what I mean? Like, why? No reason for it. Under the microscope... Well, look, he usually goes this way on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Why on Thursday did he continue driving down Main Street? I don't know. I have no answer for you. However, when you lie about it and you continue to lie 
and lie about other things, and you have a two-decade history of lying to your clients to their face, to me, it's just difficult to convince uh, to convince someone or to convince a jury that, oh, these lies had nothing to do with the death. Again, I do agree that it is difficult. It's difficult for most people to ever come, you know, come to terms with killing someone, right? Most of us could not even imagine killing someone. Killing your own child. And again, I think that testimony from, or that in the closing arguments will stick with the jury as well. Will it be enough? I don't know. But I think it's okay to say, I think it's okay to say you think he's guilty, but you don't think the jury's going to find him guilty. I think that's reasonable to say because I do think that the number one, I would say right now the number one most likely case from what I've watched is a hung jury. And this jury has, like I said, we had another juror excused today. You're on your last alternate. So there's been some commotion in the jury room as well. I don't think it's crazy to think that this is going to be a hung jury. But it'll be very interesting. Uh, the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. Someone said, yes, there was also the 2015 hit and run that ended up in the um, death of a teenager. And that uh, that case had the Murdaugh's name in it. Uh, Buster Murdaugh was mentioned around that. Again, went away. There was no investigation. Nothing further happened. Again, this is all coming out now. And that's something the prosecution did point to. Now, again, not in the depth that these documentaries did. But the prosecution points to this is a family that now has five deaths in the last decade associated with them. And I think that's I think that's an interesting way to look at it. And that's something that, you know, will pose more and more questions while the lies stack up. And, you know, you go back to Alex Murdoch. Well, I, I wanted to be taken out of my misery and I wanted my son to be able to collect my insurance. Okay. But when you called police, you said that someone came up on you and shot you while you were changing your tire. That's another lie. I mean, the lies are now stacking up. And again, I think people are going to point to, okay, you lied to your clients. That's fine. That's something. After your son and wife are murdered on your property, you continue to lie. And I think a lot of people would argue, if you believe that people are after your family, and obviously you do, if, if someone random came and shot your wife and son, why would you continue to lie knowing this person's out there? Again, I think that's a reasonable way to look at it. And, oh, <laughs> and I, I think if, you know, I don't, again, I don't think the testimony of him walking around his house on his phone is the, is the evidence the prosecution thinks. I don't think all the lies to his clients is the evidence the prosecution thinks it is. The lies that happened on the day of the murders and after, I think those are going to stick with people. So you can see like all the things. I, I, I can talk myself 10 minutes into the jury will find him guilty, 10 minutes into it'll be a hung jury. Because there have been a lot of lies after the murders. I think that sticks with people. It, it, it's, 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 like I said, it's been a very interesting case. And there is something that we just have an obsession with in America of these cameras in the courtroom.
Court TV went away in 2006. They brought it back in 2018 because people want to be in the courtroom, especially with high-profile uh, trials. Casey Anthony's trial, wall-to-wall coverage, in the courtroom every day. You turn the TV on at night. What are the, what are the night shows talking about? The Casey Anthony trial. The Murdoch case, you're getting wall-to-wall Fox News right now. They have Judge Jeanine Pirro on one side of the screen, and they've got the jury getting the case on the other side of the screen. Now, will the night shows talk about it as much? Probably not, because we've gotten so politicized in America since uh, in the last decade. But still, we just love to have our eyes in the courtroom and see a real-life trial play out. We love to watch the true crime documentaries. There are now three networks in America that are devoted to true crimes. ID Discovery, Headline News. Yes, you heard me correctly. Headline News is now a true crime station. And Oxygen. We're, we're obsessed with them. We're obsessed with these. And you know, I was telling my wife, I, I've been so into following this case. When this trial's over, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss following this trial. I'm going to miss going home and being able to watch what was important on the stand, the testimony. You know, with my schedule, when I'm not filling in for Tom, my schedule, I was, had been able to watch a majority of this case because I've either been in my car listening um, or I've been watching it not here at work. Yes, watching it here at work while doing other things. So it's just interesting how, um, how hooked we are on stuff like this. So I'd like to hear from you, 803-0930, star 930. What do you think? What are your opinions of the Murdoch trial? Do you see the jury finding him guilty? Do you see a hung jury? Do you see the jury agreeing that he's innocent? And um, tell me about your experience on a jury. I've told you about mine. Um, in, I think it was 2012, 2013, uh, going down there, answering all the questions. And, and I was the kind of person that thought, okay, well, I'm not going to be able to you know, be on this jury. They said, oh, do you, you know, tell us... You know, this and that. I go, well, I play on a attorney softball team, and this was in the summer, and I work at WBEN. Now, I thought those things would get me off the jury. They didn't. They got me on the jury, jury number three. And, um, you know, that's an experience I'll, I'll always remember. I'll always be able to look back on when we're talking about things like this. Again, that's a little different. This is a double murder trial, and I was on a, uh, a jury for, uh, I think, what, and there were several charges, but the main charge was uh, theft of a vehicle, right? So kind of different atmospheres. 803-0930, star 930. We'll take your calls on this and more. Beamer in for Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. For Bowerly here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Hey, did you hear? Just announced today. Actually, I think it was announced yesterday. Adam Sandler is coming to Key Bank Center Sunday, April 16th. Tickets go on sale tomorrow at noon at Ticketmaster.com. It is a live nation show. The Adam Sandler uh, was supposed to be here. V. Adam Sandler, you like that? Uh, was supposed to be here in 2020. Obviously, that got canceled with COVID. Uh, he promised Buffalo he would come back, and he will uh, April 16th. Again, tickets on sale tomorrow at noon. Ticketmaster.com. It is a live nation event. All right. We, uh, we've been breaking down this uh, Murdoch trial, and they just literally, as we're coming back from the break, Handed the jury the trial. They will start deliberating. And let me tell you, the the drama going around the the case, as as we've talked about for the first 90 minutes of the show, the trial going on with the jury, there have been people fighting in the jury room, according to what I heard during the break uh, on uh, on Fox News. Uh, Nancy Grace is on there right now talking about the the jurors. Uh, One was thrown out. There were some curse words. An altercation back and forth uh, between another uh, two of the juries, uh, uh, jurors. So this is already a jury that might not like each other. It would be very interesting if how that plays out once they get into the deliberation room. Uh, again, I go back to my, uh, you know, it, it's funny. Joe, what do you, uh, are you an expert? Oh, I'm an expert on juries after the one that I served in. Um but the jury I served on, it was a very nice group of people. Uh, we really had a fun time. Um, I know that's probably not what you should say when you're on a jury. Uh, but we really enjoyed each other's company. So much so, a bunch of us, after the trial, went out and got a drink. Like, it, it, we, there were no issues. Um, like I said, deliberations. We had one person uh, that didn't agree with the majority of them, and we had a nice discussion, and, and we went over, back over the evidence, like I said. We had to go back into the uh, courtroom, and it's so interesting when you need to have a testimony read back. They have to call everyone back to the courtroom to read that testimony. So that was that was very interesting. It, it gives you a, a very interesting look on how uh, these trials play out. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I mean, there, what, there was an alternate. One of the jury's, jurors did get kicked off. During the trial I was on. So there were 13 of us after the whole thing was done. And went out for a few drinks. Was kind of weird. So after the trial, right, we, they, they dismiss us. We go to the jury room, uh, chat, all that stuff, get released. And um, 
decide, a bunch of us decide we're going to go to a bar downtown and uh, have a few drinks. And while we're at that bar, the prosecuting attorney walks in. So that was kind of awkward, right? Like, oh, I hope she, she doesn't recognize any of us here because, you know, we obviously delivered a blow to their, to their case. We, uh, we found on a majority of charges not guilty. And um, so that was a little awkward. And I, I still remember that. It's funny the things you'll remember and the things you won't remember. Um, but, yeah, that was my experience on, on a jury. And interesting to hear that this jury is not getting along. Um, you, you've had some members already kicked off. So it'll be interesting. We'll be following this through. Like I said, the, the, the jury now has the case. So we're awaiting a verdict. I don't think we're getting a verdict today. 800 pieces of evidence, 75 witnesses, a bunch of stuff to go over. And remember, it's not like during um it's not like during the case they can talk about it. Remember, the jury cannot talk about the case. That's why one person was kicked off today. You can't talk about the case until you've been handed the case. So you're not really supposed to be deliberating every day. You know what I mean? You're not supposed to, after today, oh, what do we think of his testimony? You're not supposed to be doing that. You're supposed to wait till the end of everything, hear all the arguments, and then start your deliberations. You can have notes that you can go back to and say, oh, I wrote this down. But you're not allowed to. Actually, I'm not even sure if you, I think you can have notes. I'm pretty sure you're allowed to have notes, if I remember correctly. I'm not one for writing notes. I have a very photo uh, uh, photographic memory, so... I, I, I remember what I wanted to go back to as soon as uh, as soon as we were handed the case. But, yeah, so it's not like they could, you know, I'm sure what happens is they're going to walk in the room, right? They're all going to sit down, hopefully not fighting, and they'll just take an initial vote, you know, guilty or not guilty. They'll do that, and then they'll start going through the evidence. What do you want to see? What do you need to see? That's how I think, uh, that's how we did it. And, again, I know I'm, I'm comparing a car theft case to a double murder, murder trial, completely different scenarios. Um, however, if I remember correctly, that's exactly what happened. We walked in and um, we took an initial vote and then went from there. So I'll continue taking calls because this case is playing out, like I said. And if we get any update, Josh will wave me down and we'll go to ABC uh, for the latest. But I, I just think it's, it's fascinating. I mean, this is a... A, a, a case taking place in South Carolina, right? It, it's a very prominent uh, name in that part of South Carolina, and it has just taken over the attention of the country. And speaking of the attention of the country, and this is something that I know I have talked about again and again, but every time something gets thrown into the mix, and Josh, I do want to I do want to bring you in for this, uh, so be ready, you know. Every, every time something is thrown into the mix, um, I have to bring it up again because there's a new wrinkle. So we're going to get to, to um, entertainment context and things, uh, things you're cutting, things you're keeping. But first, I want to go to Sue, who's in Buffalo. Sue, you have a comment on the jurors. Yeah, hi. You mentioned something about them fighting and one getting thrown out. I'm not surprised about that at all because that's how the world is right now. Nobody wants to have a calm discussion. They want to fight and go crazy and hate each other and beat each other up, whether it's politics or any kind of different opinion. 
It's it, but it, it is surprising when you see it, you know, happen in a jury room, and now these people are supposed to sit together and and come to a conclusion. I'm not surprised. People don't have respect for each other. Or I, I, I will. Any I will. Other opinions at I all. will agree with Sue. I will agree with that. It's just I, I think you know at the end of the day we're all the losers because these people are supposed to now have a rational discussion. Right. There's not too many rational people in the world right now. <laughs> we're all in trouble. Sue, we agree on that. Hey, I appreciate the call, Sue in Buffalo. And, and you know that that's something I, I'll probably get to uh, next week, but. Yeah, we, we do have to be a little more considerate of one another. We, we, we do have to be able to have conversations with one another. It's something I talk about quite often. Um, but, you know, you just see, you know, yesterday was an ugly day. Another ugly day for Buffalo. A tragic day for Buffalo, right? We talked about it. Um, you know, a 37-year-old firefighter with a family, a three-year-old kid, a wife, died yesterday. Doing his job, running into the fire. And, you know, social media, I, you know, everyone, you know, put out their thoughts and prayers, and that's great, and, um, you, know, uh, you know, heartbreaking and all that. But then last night, people are right back to just bickering back and forth, calling each other names, making fun of other people's social media accounts. There's, a, um, there's someone locally who, uh, let's just say, their whole life is run by politics. That's not me. Um, they just go and creep on other people's social media pages. And last night, you know, again, a, a time to just be Western New York, be a community, right? Be there for one another. This person's creeping on someone else's social media and making a comment about it and, and did an article on, you know, this person's social media. Like, I, I just can't imagine that being my existence. That's just me. Like, I can't imagine creeping on other people's social medias and trying to find something they said. Um, especially yesterday when I really think was the time we should have all come together. Um, and instead, we're just going right back to fighting with one another, bickering with one another on social media. It, it, it's, it's sad. It, it's really sad. Um, okay. Joe in Orchard Park. Hey, Joe. How's it going? I'm doing all right. Uh, um, yeah, one thing, I hear a lot of the callers and everything bringing up stuff that they're stating as evidence that – that there is no evidence for, um, <clears throat> like uh, like the wife knew about the financial problems that he had and the trouble he was in. There's no evidence of that. That's right. That's speculation. Yeah, and there's no evidence she was filing for divorce. There's rumors she went to see an attorney. But let me tell you, if you're in the area where they live and you're an attorney that was contacted by this wealthy, powerful family, you don't think that attorney would go, hey, hey, I need to testify to something. She contacted me about a divorce. Joe, I mean, that's a great point. That, that would have come up. And uh, the hired shooter thing, you were talking about how he lied in the 911 call. Yes. And I mean, the thing, the thing is, he's an attorney. He's trying to uh, um, conduct a uh, operation for insurance fraud. He's not going to call the 911 and go, yeah, I was trying to commit insurance fraud here, and the guy missed me when he was shooting. <laughs> I mean, I, I could see why, why he would definitely lie you know, there. You, you say it that way, Joe. That Yeah, that makes a, a lot of sense. Let me ask you, if you're on the jury, what are you saying? Oh, uh, there, there's uh, – Especially if you're in the jury and you're and you're doing what you're instructed to do, not watch the media or anything. There is so much reasonable doubt in this. Like, like you were pointing out the video, the Snapchat video where he's uh, with the tree and he has the shirt on. Yes. Do you know that that shirt only became? I mean, this, all this happened two years ago. The sh that shirt only became 
all the, all the clothing he was wearing only became important, I think it was less than two months ago. Do you know why that is? Because they weren't able to find that hack into the phone till then? Uh, no. The, uh, the original evidence, which they used for the grand jury to get him indicted, they said that the T-shirt he was wearing the night the police were questioning him showed uh, high cap- – what do they call it? Is it not high capacity? Uh, the blood spatter on it. And, uh, and it wasn't. The, the, well, the, the original test, the police only looked at the luminol test. And the luminol test can also show soaps and bleach looked like spatter. Well, when they went to the, uh, the HEMA whatever test that shows blood, there was no blood on the shirt. And they had already presented it to the grand jury as blood splatter. Wow. Well, now, now they have a problem. So they see that Snapchat video, and they're like, hey, we got to get that shirt. And he's like, I don't know what that shirt is. I haven't been back to that home. You know, I haven't been back there. It, the shirt's probably there. They, they couldn't find the shirt after two years. And that's why they needed it. Because, uh, because the evidence that they said was blood splatter absolutely was not. And, you know, it's the whole thing about him getting washed up. And the whole timeline thing, they say that, yes, he left them at the, at the kennels uh, minutes before they were killed. And I've heard callers say that. Why, why do people say that? Do you, know, do you know why? Because the phones weren't used in, uh, since four minutes after he said he had left. Right. His son didn't respond to texts from 849 on. But his wife's phone was still being moved. Now, the coroner admitted when he was questioned that he believes that the murders happened sometime before 10 p.m. So you have that huge swing there of 8.49 all the way to 10 p.m. And then he shows up shortly after 10, what, 10.06, and calls 911. So everyone, everyone's hung up on that, oh, yeah, it was just minutes away. How could he have gotten to the house and not heard the gunshots? It's not true. The coroner said they probably died sometime before 10 p.m., which is long after 8.49. So, Joe, are you an attorney? No. Oh, you sound like you'd make a good defense attorney. <laughs> well, I just I printed the timelines of all this up, but I was, I was looking through all of it and just how much her phone was moving. It was moving from portrait to landscape, and they even know what button she pushed, pushed on the phone. And, there's, and just the, the, whole, the whole weapons thing. To handle two weapons, how, how is he juggling two weapons? See, that's a big one. As Walter and, Lew- and Lewiston said, that to me, that's a big one that I feel they kind of glossed over in this trial. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I, I, I don't see how, how he could do that. Now, on the other hand, I could see how he could murder his son because I think he knew his son was going to do time for killing that girl and thought he's not going to be able to do this. And... I don't know. I, I could see that as maybe a motivation to make that problem go away from go away for him. But I mean, as far as his kids, you, you look at some of those documentaries on the children, they sound like complete jerks. And and the older son, Buster, uh, the, I guess this is this is rumor, too. But the story going around town is that when that uh, when the gay kid ran out of gas, like the only gay kid in the town. In 2015. He, yeah, he was walking down the street, I guess, to. I don't know, go, go find gas somewhere. The, the rumors were that a car full of kids drove by and Buster Murdoch was in the car. And they turned around and Buster Murdoch 
held a bat outside the car, drove up behind him, and they said the kid turned around when he heard the car coming, boom, got nailed in the head by the bat. And the interesting thing is they say the kid got hit by a car, but he had no bruises or abrasions anywhere on his body except for his cheek and his forehead, which was the blow that killed him. Yeah, that's uh, that was another one. The 48 hours uh, really focused in on that. Yeah, I mean, you just have all these deaths that you know circle back to this Murdoch family. Yeah, I mean, but that's a coincidence. They might know the Clintons and have the same problem the Clintons had. What? <laughs> so, Joe, if you were on if you were on that jury, you would not be able to find him guilty. Uh, no, especially if I wasn't watching media coverage as instructed. Right. That there's just there's too much reasonable doubt. I mean, yeah. there's there. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, and that's the thing. It's tough now with all the stuff we've seen to take that out of it. But you're right. You can only focus on what's in front of you in that courtroom. Hey, Joe, appreciate the call. Joe in Orchard Park opens the line for you. 803-0930, star 930. It's so interesting. You know, Joe brings up, and I agree, Joe brings up some good points. I mean, he does. Um, there's there's the evidence. There's the, the missing weapons, right? And I heard Nancy Grace say that on Fox that, you know— um, they're going to have a problem because they can't tie the weapons back to him. Uh, but it's so interesting. Joe calls in with, with with the points he made. And the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, which had kind of gone, uh, it kind of not been active for 10 minutes, just starts lining up with people uh, commenting on uh, what Joe is saying about the case. It is really interesting how into this people get to where they're saying, no, no, you, this, not this, not that. You know, they'll take a, a side and it's just so interesting to see some of these texts pop up and and to hear the, the different ways people are viewing this trial. Uh, let's go to Nancy real quick before we go to break. Nancy in Williamsville. Nancy, what do you think of this case? I think he planted the weapon. It was so premeditated, and he planted the two weapons, uh, and that's how it occurred. You know, I, that's, that's what I think. It is interesting. I mean, he must have planted those somewhere on that drive to yeah. see his parents because in two years they have not been able to find those weapons. No, I mean, before, like, uh, when he was planning the, the murders, he had the shotgun and the other weapon planted in that, you know, where the dogs were. And, and, and then he had easy access. You just grab the one weapon, kill you know, it's horrible, but, you know, you kill your son, it's terrible. And then or I think the wife was killed first, right? I'm not, I'm not sure. But it, they were planted. I That's what I think. Because how could he have carried down a shotgun? He probably walked his son and wife down there. They probably all walked to the kennels together. And the, there was the weapons planted. That's, yeah. That's. And Nancy, you know, and he's an attorney, so he knows. Oh, if I use two weapons, that can yeah. that can put reasonable doubt in the jury's mind. Monkey wrench, yeah. Let's get it, you know, more, you know, let's confuse everyone. Let's, uh, you know, make a reasonable doubt. Yeah. Oh, Nancy, I appreciate That's the call. Right Nancy and Williamsville, and, and that is the thing that you kind of have to consider. I mean, he is an attorney, right? When we're when we're talking the phone records, he knows all this stuff's going to come into evidence because he's seen it in the courtroom before. Right. And uh, he knows that the question is going to be, like I said, I say here sitting in this chair that the evidence I, I've seen, I think he's guilty. But like Joe and Orchard Park said, I'm also taking all the information from these documentaries and these documentaries are done from other people's point of view. Right. They're not in the courtroom. And if I was a jury, a juror, you know, I, 
I might be viewing this differently and I might find it difficult to find him guilty of all charges, right? It is, in my opinion, in my experience, you do think a little differently when that decision is literally in your hands. Uh, it's very interesting. Like I said, we'll continue following it here. I, like I said, I appreciate the calls, the text. I mean, it is so interesting how one point comes up in the text board, boom, 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 uh, with alternate points and the opposing points. It's very interesting just how into this trial, into these trials we get uh, here in America. 803-0930, star 930. As always, I'll take your calls on this throughout the show. You know, No topic is ever over, um, but we are going to move on to something else when we come back. Beamer in for Bowerly on WBEN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.